0: You know, it doesn't always have to be academics or, or people who call themselves environmental professionals to hear what, you know, to make their voices valid about environmental issues, because we all have a relationship with the environmental world. You know, we're talking about,
1: like, questions of intersectionality. As students of this generation, we're really lucky and fortunate to be able to be in spaces where we're able to draw these connections.
2: Welcome to an outstanding, and fun, season four of the Hardwood Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Rashard Easley, and I think you're going to enjoy this season and the episodes that we have forthcoming. Thank you. Well, hey, welcome back to another outstanding episode of the Heartwood Podcast, but this one is a little bit different because uh, I'm about to talk to my two friends, my two brothers, uh, the two folks who were, I like to say, in the foreground, not in the background, because this wouldn't have been done without them. And uh, some may remember the from last year. Okay, he was with us in the third season. Okay, and he's definitely going to talk. Okay, that's our brother Pittsburgh represent. But we got our other brother Tebow, y'all. And I mean, Tebow has come through like a champion. You know, uh, we we brought some new some new changes this year, new new structure, new format, and it has been a blessing for me to work with them. So today, it's really us three talking, and uh, you all get to learn more about these two amazing, beautiful men. So, hey, brothers, what's going on? How y'all doing?
0: What's up, Thomas? Good to be here, man.
2: Yeah, glad thanks, you. Thomas. Really good to be here. Man, I'm glad to have y'all here, man. And uh, look, I, I need everyone to understand the Heartwood wouldn't happen without you. I mean, it really wouldn't. That's not just saying because you're here. Everyone, you don't understand what these two are doing in the background. Arranging, editing, getting everything together getting me together, Uh, um, you know, uh, setting up appointments, but also conversing with people to get them prepped, uh, you know, and ready, you know, for this work. And they're both also, you know, scholars and professionals as well. So, you know, they they know how to work, you know, like with individuals of different backgrounds. So, gentlemen, it's been a joy to work with you. I think it's time for people to learn a little bit more about you. Okay. So, now, Tebow, not that I want, it's not a bad thing, but because you are here with us, in this new role, I'm going to come to you second, okay? Maybe go to Nadine first, you know, just to kind of do a little, you know, the nostalgia from the third season and, you know, check on my Pittsburgh bro here and see what's happening. But, hey, so Nadine, the people need to hear from you and know what's up with you and also know some things about you, like your background, brother. So, hey, could you tell them about you some? How would you get interested in doing, quote-unquote, podcast? And I'll stop right there. Just Background and then that question.
0: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks for those those kind words. It's It's been a real joy uh, working with you. I I feel like, I feel like I've known you for so long, but it's only been a couple of years now, but, uh, it's, it's been a real pleasure. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Nadim Damien. I, uh, I was born in Amman, Jordan. Um, but I call Pittsburgh my home and you heard Thomas kind of shout that out a few times in, in his intro. I bleed black and gold in a lot of ways, but, um, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I, I spent a lot of time, you know. I, I guess I'd start by saying that my connection to the environment largely was born out of uh, my relationship to uh, the local parks um, in the Pittsburgh area. For folks from familiar with, you know, Mac Miller's music, uh, Blue Slide Park uh, was his kind of debut studio album. But it also was uh, a bit of my debut in, in, in terms of uh, really connecting with nature. Uh, in a deep, meaningful way, I spent a lot of time in that park as a kid, um, just going on walks uh, with my friends, playing frisbee, just ex- exploring, and, and you know, looking up things. You know, I, I grew up in the in the internet age in a lot of ways, and you know, having a phone on you where you can Google what that species is or what that animal is or whatever it is really let me connect with uh, the Earth in, in in a meaningful way. So, you know, shout out Google, but You know, growing up in Pittsburgh, uh, I then, uh, I I also mentioned Mac Miller and Wiz Khalifa because a lot of the things that, you know, we've we've talked about on this podcast and actually the relationship that I built with Thomas way back in September 2020 when, you know, it was sort of the heat of the pandemic in a lot of ways. um, We we connected through hip hop and through rap, rap music and the high school I went to, Taylor Alderdice High School was kind of home to to those artists, Mac Miller and Wiz Khalifa. And that definitely influenced a lot of my musical interests and, you know, the way that I moved through the world. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to think back on how just being like a high schooler thinking it's cool that you went to the same school as these hip hop greats, um, how that ends up leading to, to adult professional relationships with, with folks like Thomas. So that's just an aside, but, From there, I I went to Princeton for my undergrad and I studied ecology and evolutionary biology. Spent uh, a couple summers uh, when I was an undergrad in uh, some rural parts of of Kenya, researching agricultural systems uh, there. And and, um, that led me to to doing my undergraduate thesis, uh, which touched on uh, how invasive species um, influence agricultural communities and especially uh, cattle, cattle ranchers there. So, you know, that's sort of what, what I started dipping my toes a little bit into uh, international development work, sustainable development work. You know, on this season, we had the great Jeff Sachs kind of join us, which was a real treat for me. You know, he's sort of a legend when it comes down to sustainable development work in the past few decades. But you know, inspired by that work, I after working in Princeton for a year at a local nonprofit, applied to Yale, and I actually uh, i am part of. I think I'm. I gotta say, I think I'm. I'm like a. I'm a rare breed at Yale because there aren't any many people that do the joint degree that I do with the School of the Environment and International and Development Economics at the Graduate School. Whoever's listening out there, if if you did that program, give me a call because you know, I don't think there's much, many of us, and, you know, I haven't connected with a single person who's done that before, so I I don't think it's a common, common degree, degree path, but um, anyways, so yeah, at Yale, I've, I've sort of uh, spent half my time doing, uh, taking economics classes, and, you know, really diving into the nitty-gritty in that sense, and uh, the other half of my time is at the School of the Environment, and while I've been here, I've, I've found, uh, you know, right off the bat found Thomas as a, as a, you know, a friend and a mentor and, and, a, and a co-worker in a lot of ways and found my way to the Hardwood podcast. Honestly, through, like I said earlier, through our conversations about music, um, about what it, you know, what diversity means to us and inclusion. And, you know, for me, coming from Pittsburgh and listening to the music that I did, you know, I, I, I you know, I thought a lot about sort of, urban areas uh, in America and what it means to to be an environmentalist uh, working in America and thinking about, you know, racial injustices. I think we were coming right off of sort of the summer of uh, the unfortunate passing of, uh, you know, the murder of George Floyd. So, you know, th- things were kind of at the top of our minds, I think, in a lot of ways. And, and Thomas and I found that as a great, you know, connection to really air that out. But also, you know, I, I come from it from also from this international side. And you know, thinking about justice uh, globally, and how there are these incredible wealth disparities between, you know, wealthy Western countries and, and a, lot of, a lot of other parts of the world. And thinking about how, you know, again, as an environmentalist, and, and now I guess, as an economist, or it kind of feels funny to, to call myself that, to, to think about what what work needs to be done and sort of what work needs to be done, I guess, a- academically and professionally, but also on an individual level. Um, and how, you know, making these connections with individuals and creating space for conversation as we do on the Heartwood podcast, um, how that, you know, just the work that we do in our own lives, how that helps kind of push forward uh, the the momentum or the conversation towards a, a more equitable world uh, that we can all live in. So, you know, I, I'll I'll leave it there as, as as far as the introduction goes. And, you know, I'm excited for the rest of our conversation. But I'll pass the mic to Tebo to, to let him uh, introduce himself and, and talk about how he found his way to the Hardwood Podcast.
1: Awesome, Nadim. No, that was really awesome. And I feel like I learned a lot that I didn't know from you. So it's really good to to hear that. Yeah, so basically how I kind of got to come here is – My background is also like I I grew up overseas. I was born in France. My dad's French, but my mom is from Alabama. So I was in there in France most of my life. And I moved to the US back in 2012 when I was 18 years old. But I was very much like I felt a strong connection to the South growing up. And part of that is what drew me to your podcast, Thomas, because when I heard you were from Birmingham, I was like, That would be great talking about the South and kind of, we had a lot of guests from the South on the podcast. So I thought that was really nice. Um, (laughs) So yeah, just kind of like, you know, I was very much exposed, even though I grew up in France, I was, I spent all my summers in the U S and I was really, you know, um, exposed to a lot of parts of Southern culture. So, you know, for Thanksgiving watching the Alabama games, roll tie. baby. (laughs) You know, eating, eating some grits and, you know, just like the good close family ties. So, you know, um, even though I've only lived on the East Coast since I moved to the U.S., I still really feel strong ties to that region. So, yeah, then when I moved to the U.S., I did my undergrad at William & Mary in Virginia, which is kind of a hybrid, I'd say, between the North and the South in terms of like the student demographics. But uh, so it was definitely an interesting uh, place to do my undergrad. But uh, yeah, I was mostly I was studying like politics when I was there. And it was actually there that I kind of got more interested to in like international development. And it kind of helped happen more because I took a lot of Spanish classes and really got to learn more about Latin America and really got engaged with the Latinx community there. And I think, you know, Nadim was talking about his foundational moment, like in the gardens, like what got him into wanting to become more of an environmentalist. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was really when I traveled to Argentina for my study abroad in 2015, I was very engaged in like the human rights part of things. I was working with a local nonprofit that was really working a lot on like the integration of indigenous communities into like the political landscape and kind of looking at that. But when I traveled to the north of the country, I realized how a lot of those injustices were due to environmental issues. A lot of it was like the impact of mining, what that meant for local communities and kind of the disconnect that was resulting between like individuals, local communities feeling less and less connected to their land because of extraction. Mm -hmm. And so that made me think more about like the equity aspects that, Nadim, you were were talking about earlier. So that's kind of where it started. But I didn't immediately when I graduate, get into the environmental world, I was working at the International Monetary Fund in DC, because I kind of wanted to understand more about like, kind of those big picture aspects in terms of like socioeconomic issues and kind of understanding the issue of multi-stakeholder engagement and public finance so i was kind of involved in that and i got to learn a lot about a lot of the big picture issues in all of these countries but what i really felt was missing a lot was the connection to community and really the work at a more local level and that's really what I felt was missing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what made me want to apply more to a program where I could focus more on like community-led conservation. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at programs. I didn't really know where to apply. I was thinking of applying more to schools in Europe. And I actually, um, came across one video where Thomas was in the forest talking about hip hop and forestry. And so I was like, hey, that's pretty neat. I never thought of the two being able to. Um, intersect in that way. And, you know, I thought that was really interesting because like that intersection of the art and the environment, because my mom is a sculptor and she used to work as a fashion designer. So she was always like in that artistic expression. And a lot of her sculptures, like later when the conversation started around climate change, was related to nature and related to like things like toxic waste and the impact of like humans on nature so i thought it was really cool being part of a project that could kind of like bring those two together so yeah that's kind of what brought me to yale and you know in terms of like my involvement in podcasts before i'd worked on a few podcasts Um, one was with this um, language exchange organization that i was involved in in dc We were trying to talk about kind of multicultural issues. And um, I actually started a podcast with uh, my friend, uh, Chris Esso, who I'd like to give a shout out to, because he's really the person that got me into podcasts that like gave me the skills to like be able to like interview and also doing editing. And so we did a lot of podcasts related to like the cultural scene in DC, like kind of the influence of jazz and all of that and so yeah that kind of what made me more interested in using that medium as a form of expression and so yeah and so that was kind of it from there and then in terms of like kind of my interest here at ysc i'm kind of more interested in like the social science aspect of conservation so kind of the issue of like stakeholder engagement in the realm of like land and wildlife conflict issues and so i've been able to to work on that by Uh, working with the Forest Dialogue um, here on campus with Gary and Liz, who we got to interview during this season. Yeah. And I feel like it's been a great way to complement that with uh, the podcast, which I happened to learn about through... uh, Well, when I first came to YSC, I was like, I want to continue doing podcasting. It's really something I want to continue. And when Nadim sent out a message on the WhatsApp group talking about this project, it all seemed like it was meant to be. So... Yeah, no, it's been it's been a great opportunity so far and look forward to doing more of it.
2: Man, well first, thank y'all. I appreciate you giving that history. I feel like I kind of sit in the intersection in some ways of what you both shared. It was it's interesting, like catching what Nadine in particular, brought just wanna say how you, you know, went from Pittsburgh, but you know, then mentioning Kenya and taking it international. And then Tebow actually going international and then bringing the local, you know, like this kind of kind of going micro macro, macro to micro. I feel like I kind of sit in the middle of both of those. You know, uh, I mean, I've traveled, you know, a lot, but I won't say that I know everything that's going on around the world, and I don't. Um, I, I definitely do a lot more of getting engaged locally here in the US um, and in North Carolina in, in particular, but uh, also Alabama, also Connecticut. I uh, work with the, uh, have worked with the Nature Conservancy, in North Carolina. Worked with Dogwood Alliance uh, and Alabama, Environmental uh, Environmental Educators Association, Alabama Environmental Educators Association, and uh, and then I have a background in forestry, and so uh, to be able to do a podcast with two individuals who definitely come at this from a, a, in my opinion, a broader perspective than what I was even brought up in. You know, I, I feel like I learned more about what's going on globally after I like finished like my second degree. And you know, that's when I started really, I think now new to look, uh, research what's going on around the globe, you know, talk about different injustices, whether we're looking in parts of Africa or Asia, or even parts of Europe. And, uh, but to see how we're all connected, you know, I know there's a term that I heard of this film that I uh, fortunately have a song that's on, that's with it. It's called Mossville, Where Great Trees Fall. And they talk about environmental racism and they call what's going on that people are, are being impacted, they call it the global south. Cause they say a lot of what happens in the south, you know, really happens around the globe. And, and really that's true. You know, what happens around the globe is what happens in the south. It happens in the east, it happens in the west. So uh, just, you know, it's good to be uh, t- working with two brilliant individuals who, in my opinion, sit at the intersection of that. And I'm, you know, getting in where I fit in as best I can. So it's, thank y'all for, you know, you know, like leading this, you know, I, uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, how did you, you know, I know we have some, you know, other, you know, any other questions, but you, you kind of did it. <laughs> so I just wanted to know, like, uh, are there any, if we could reflect on this season, you know, now I'm not going to ask what are our favorite. I'm not going to do that because that would be unfair to, to both of you. And you all brought some amazing people here. But I definitely would love to know, you know, what were some of the, to, for, for you, you know, were any like topics, you know, that, that that like jumped out. And before I do this, everyone listening, I always demonstrate before I ask people to share. So I want to share uh, in particular the TFD episode jumped out at me it felt good to converse again with Gary and because uh, he's a friend you know and then I also you know talk with uh, Liz but to learn more of what's going on in that initiative that I used to work with when I was there. it just it, it blew me away to you know just to see how intentional TFD is being and they were always that way but even more now I just it, it, it really just touched me and then I really also enjoyed the uh, the uh, little B. Episode, um, you know, that the, the, the little bit was a little bit some, somewhat nostalgic. Maybe think about Mavi last year. I did everything but cry on that episode, but I cried last year, so you know, I got through this one good. Uh, but it just felt good to talk to an artist who, and I'll be honest, he, he surprised me who really kind of even respected me as like a teacher, as a doctor. You know, here he is, a celebrity. So, anyway, those are two that they got me. I have more, but. My two brothers are here to talk so i just want to see hey man any any jump out at y'all
0: i mean i guess i'll uh i'll i'll jump in and and you know when you asked the question the first thing that came to my mind was also the the little b episode because you know i i think i, I mentioned this earlier but I, I you know i it serves us well i think to to talk even more about this because i think through those episodes you know because because Thomas is a really complex and, and multifaceted guy. And that, that's, that's what I think is the real draw of the Heartwood podcast is that, you know, we're able to have meaningful conversations with folks across the spectrum of, you know, whether it's they're, they're you know, they call themselves environmental professionals or not across the spectrum of environmental work. And, you know, I think Thomas is the only person in the world who calls himself a hip hop forester. And that's a really special thing. And I think at the, in the Hardware podcast, we have the opportunity to kind of, you know, I think exploit is usually a negative word, but to exploit that and take advantage of it and, and really bring to light some conversations that no one else is having with today's rappers. Who else is talking to Mavi? Like, you know, Mavi is an up and coming guy from Charlotte, North Carolina. He thinks a, a lot. He's, he's younger than me. You know, I think he's 22. Like, he's still finishing his undergraduate degree at at, at at Howard, I think. You know, the guy's a really uh, deep thinker. But everybody that gets on an interview with him is going to ask him, like, what's it like working with Earl Sweatshirt? Or, like, what's it like coming up right now? What's it, you know, what's it like being part of this, like, woke rep of, like, the 2020s? Like, But we're sitting there asking him, like, tell us about, like, what it's like having a family that, you know, is is mostly from the rural South and you were raised in an urban hub. Like, what does that mean to you? And how does that influence your art? And through those conversations, I think we're able to shed a lot of light on how important it is to talk about our relationships with the natural world um, and hear other people's relationships with the natural world and how that informs the way that they go about their professional lives. Um, Because I think too often the conversations of energy justice and uh, energy justice, environmental justice, energy justice as a subsection of it. Um, I'm over here busy thinking about energy justice because that's what my, this semester has been has been largely focused on. So I apologize for that. But just bringing those issues t- to, to the fore in ways that that I think are really unique. And, and, you know, that was, you know, I'm talking about Mavi, that was sort of last season, but this season with Lil B, you know, Lil B is, is a lot of people see him as a meme like an internet meme. Like he's like a lot of people don't take him seriously. And I think he knows that like, I, you know, I, I I, think, I think he knows that, you know, a lot of people just see him as like, the base God as kind of like a joke. And, you know, but he's that, that guy is real, that guy is authentic. And he has really great complex thoughts about his own relationship to the natural world as someone like that grew up in Berkeley, and like what it means to grow up in a university town and you know, how his friends are, and, and are, are you know, had, had faced the criminal justice system and how being locked up in the criminal justice system takes you completely away from the natural world. And so, you know, I think those insights where, you know, it's, it's not, and not, this is not to slight, you know, the, the Gary Dunnings of the world, but, you know, it doesn't always have to be academics. Or, or people who call themselves environmental professionals to hear what, you know, to make their voices valid about environmental issues, because we all have a relationship with the environmental world. And I think it's really, you know, for me on a personal level, it's so exciting and empowering and just like motivating to hear people like Mavi, like Lil B, like Dr. Thomas Rashad Easy the hip hop forester, Talk about what it means to have a relationship with the natural world, and how their art complicates it, or informs it, or intertwines with it. So I think that's you know, for me, if I'm to, I'm to reflect on uh, the Heartwood podcast as a as a body of work, um, you know, I'd point to those as what for me really sets it apart from any other podcast that's that's talking to environmental. Folks are getting perspectives on environmental issues because that's diverse for me. That's that's a good sign of diversity. That's a good sign of equity. That's a good sign of inclusion. Is that we're get you know we're we're breaking the the box open. There's no more box. You know we're not thinking outside of the box. We just we took the box and we threw it away and we said let's talk to everybody. That's that's my piece on that. I could talk about it forever, but uh, you know that's what made that's what's made this experience something unlike any other and something I'll I'll always carry with me.
1: Yeah. um, I definitely agree with you on that, Nadim. And I think a lot of it has to do with kind of the type of language we use when talking about those issues, because as you said, it doesn't have to be all academic. And I think a lot of people can get disengaged with like environmental issues when it gets very technical or when it's something they can't really relate to. And I definitely think this podcast does a good job at like, getting into some of the academic lingo, the corporate lingo sometimes, and like talking about more of like these different ways, but also, you know, engaging with rappers and kind of getting, being able to have this skill of like reaching out, putting ourselves as in the place of thinkers in these different positions, if that makes sense. Like, and I think that's a very unique thing to have in an academic setting, you know, especially representing an institution like Yale and all that. So I definitely think that's a good point. Um, In terms of kind of threads that kind of, and themes that really resonated with me this season. So I was talking earlier about, you know, Southern identity and how that's been like reflected in this podcast. And for me too, I think it was interesting that like we had a lot of guests this season that were from the South and they got to reflect on that. Um, And the reason why I was kind of, I thought that was interesting was because at least like in my class, I noticed there are not that many people from the South and the few people that are from the South are usually like from bigger cities like Atlanta. And, you know, it really got me thinking a lot, like why in general isn't there as much, is it a question of there not being engagement? Is it a question of like the people who aren't engaged, not having the the opportunities and the access to reach a program like Yale, or it's just, it got me thinking about a lot of that, especially, you know, learning a lot about, you know, the whole politics of tragedies like uh, Hurricane Katrina, or like things like in Houston, coastal resilience, and also impacts of like zoning laws and redlining on cities like that. So I thought it was really interesting. And, you know, we had guests like, you know, May Lin, Liz, um, And David Lamfrum, who kind of reflected on that identity. And I thought that was really interesting seeing that. And, you know, and I think it's also a lot of something within the students here. You know, we were talking earlier, Thomas, about how there was a recent field trip in Georgia that a lot of students went to. And I think there were a lot of like really interesting uh, reflections that came from that in terms of like environmental justice issues. So, you know, that was one thing that I thought was really interesting that we got this season. You know, other issues I thought was really, you know, we were talking about earlier questions of like equity and international development. And I thought that Jeffrey Sachs was really good at providing like a good contextual explanation of all those issues, kind of the interconnectedness between, you know, colonialism and resource mining and how that affects like our communities. Communities and access to technology and all these things that are interrelated. So I thought that was really interesting. And um yeah, and I think you know the first episode that we published was related to mental health and well-being. And I think that was a really good episode to start with. And that was with uh Andres, Rafa, and Mia. And I think it's really important, you know, especially in the post-COVID world, thinking of like balancing you know, having a balanced lifestyle and thinking how we want to engage with others individually, which I think is something that we do really well in this podcast. And I really like that, Thomas, like you do a really good job at like really trying to understand the person you're talking to, taking note of what they say and like really summarizing it in a way that I feel like you're very good at reading the people that you talk to and really building a good connection to them. And I think that's something that's really unique to this podcast is really creating a proximity between the interviewer and the person who's being interviewed. Because, you know, having a good interviewer is half of what a good podcast is. And that'll make you more comfortable once you're speaking. And I think that's really contributed to having really rich conversations on this podcast. So yeah, there are a few others that, you know, we'll probably, I'll mention a bit later that really resonated, but in terms of that, and like the relationship to DEI, those were the ones that resonated primarily.
2: Well, I, 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 just, for, I gotta say thank you. You know, I'm not always accustomed to hearing compliments of, of me. So I'll, I'll just say thank you. I'm not, I'm not gonna shoot them back like that, but thank you. But I will, but I, I, will I will. say this though, for me, uh, I guess I'm about to renege on what I just said. Uh, the questions were created, you know, by TiVo. Okay, you know, last year the dean created the questions, you know. So I want to say that the way that the interviews went, you know, like I said, it, it took a team. You know, it took a team effort, and I want to thank you because if you two hadn't done what you did, I couldn't have just focused on the interview. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so thank you, thank you, and yes, and thank you again. Um, I really enjoyed the episode with uh, Mark. well, I, all of, with Marcelo and with David Landrum. Uh, to, to for me, it was powerful to talk to a Yale alum, okay, which Marcelo is, and who is, um, you know, a really big force I think in this Jedi equity, diversity, inclusion space. And David, you know, being his associate, you know, partner in the work, uh, and I think they're about to have their own podcast. It was it was just great to to to, to, to sit with two with two people who are engaged in this, and and I, I think that for me to listen to them, it was important because I feel like that's where I am right now. You know, I'm this forester that's really uh, going deep in this diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, and access space. And I don't think I know it all. And I love to talk to people who I do feel know more than me and people who have more experience. And that episode for me was just what was another, uh, I want to say it was a beautiful one because it felt good to sit with two individuals who really reflected on how they see DEI. And it's not always easy, everyone listening, and it's sometimes not even always positive. But when you work with other people who care about this, you always find opportunity. That's what I felt I got out of that. That, that you know, like that episode in in particular, I really enjoyed talking to Mia, Rafa, dress because you know it's a good memory to go back and think about being there at the school, and to talk to uh, administrators and students there. But everyone, I, I got to tell you this: if you are interested in the school of the environment, that episode was powerful to me because you get to see how people really care about our students. And how uh, I think the school really does work to take the mental health of our students seriously. Uh, but when you have uh, wonderful folks who work on it intentionally, it was, it was I just I learned so much from them. And I was trying to think, where, just trying to think if there was any. I mean, because they, they 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 all got me. Maylin, I have to talk about that. You know, Maylin's a friend, and she and I uh, she she's in the garden world. You know, she's in the horticultural world. Here I am, a forester in a different world, but it's all the same ecosystem. And to, you know, listen to this professional who also has a, you know, very, I think, a unique background, you know, being, you know, coming from an Asian as well as American, like truly Asian American background, um, you know, as a woman who's been a leader uh, in the gardening world who actually entered later in life. You know, I'm talking about like going to school later in life and then becoming a leader in it. It was uh, it, it was it was humbling to listen to May explain um, you know, her background. I, there's one other thing I want to say about May because she has a podcast that's, that's around too. It's called Plant People, Plant Places Plant People. You know, but she she's been a friend of mine for now going on three years. And she would she's she would she and I talked a lot about how we're told how we sound, tone police, how not to talk a lot. And Maylin notices many things and she asserts herself. And I think that episode is powerful for me because I think that's a reminder of if you don't speak, who's going to hear? And if you don't say it, you know, to how do, in some ways, right? Because we can see injustice sometimes too. But if people don't speak, if they don't say it, then where's the interruption or even a disruption of making change? And I do feel like what we do on this podcast in particular is a positive interruption because based on what Tebow, as well as Nadim said, we explore the topics. We, we, we invest in our, uh, in our people that, that we're interviewing. Uh, we take what we do very seriously and then we respect one another. And I think that the Hardware Podcast is only as powerful as it is, not only because of the wonderful speakers that we bring, but because of the nature that we use to facilitate this podcast. What we promote, what we like is what we do. You know, I want people to have, I want people to feel comfortable when they talk to me. So we work intentionally to, to help people feel positive and feel you know that they belong talking to us. We want to be flexible with them. I want people to be flexible with me. So it's a big reciprocal approach the way that we do it. And uh, to be able to talk to people who are from around the world who can help me with my lens, you know, this has just been an amazing, you know, like session. And uh, the hip hop forester was educated, the hip hop forester was supported, and the hip hop forester was elevated working with these two, you know, beautiful people, man. So you know, that's 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 all I can say. I, I want us to have another season. Uh, that just. There's something else that that to to say. I want to give I, I want to give these. Hey, this is what they say. want to give these these brothers a flowers. If it wasn't for Nadine, we wouldn't have had hip hop represented on Hartwood. That's just one thing. That's he did He did many. If it wasn't for Nadine, we would not have hip hop represented on this on this podcast. If it wasn't for Tebow, we would not have switched up our format and be able to interview two to three people at the same time and make it like just talking to one person. So that's what I, that's, those are just two examples, everyone, of what I mean, right. I'm, I mean, I'm hip hop, right. But I didn't do it. The dean did it. I interviewed people, right. I didn't do it. Tebow did. It. So that's just what it means to be on the team. I want to thank you brothers for that, you know, and, um, uh, anything else you'd like to, you know, share? Cause I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not getting Mr. Yad this time. You're not going to get me this time, fellas. I'm not doing it.
0: Uh, I guess, I, I guess I just want to, I mean, obviously thank you, Thomas. And, I, I I would say the the same things right back to you, but like you said, I, I'll just I'll just say thank you and keep it moving. Um, no, I think uh, while as we sort of reflect on you know as we've done on on sort of how we got here and 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 what this season and you know for us, Thomas, these past two seasons have, have meant to us. And I think it's important also to sort of look forward and think about you know what else you know what's next for the for the Heartwood podcast. I think this season we did kind of start to, to, to branch out a little bit more, um, you know, and I think a lot of that is thanks to Tebow, but, you know, I actually made a, a little Freudian slip earlier with energy justice, but I think we're still um, missing, you know, that one of the pieces that we're missing are, is, is something related to renewable energy um, and the justice implications of, of, a, a, you know, a just energy transition. You know, if, if folks are listening to this and, and you know, people that uh You'd like to connect us to that are working in this energy justice space, please reach out. I think that's definitely on the agenda for for season five. Season five, yeah,
2: season
0: five. I I I hope it keeps going. You know, I know that a lot of folks who who listen to this podcast and and keep up with with Thomas and what he's doing. You know, he he used to be at uh, you know formally at Yale, um, and now you know launching his own his own organization and, and making waves kind of throughout the uh, environmental uh, justice and, and DEI world, you know, I hope we can keep it up. I hope, I hope this, I hope the podcast continues uh, into into Thomas's new endeavors and, and, and his new career as as a self-made professional. And I hope we can continue to bring in, you know, I mentioned this energy piece and keep bringing in uh, the elements, um, the new and evolving elements of, of, uh, environmentalism and dei work and the intersection of those two and and, and keep growing together because you know as thomas said that, that none of this is possible without a team and i think i think we got one of the best teams uh yeah one of the best teams right here so i'm looking All forward right. to more and and uh, it's it's been a real pleasure and, and thanks for 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 uh having us on this episode uh thomas it's it's been great to to chat with y'all
1: Yeah, no, Nadim, I definitely agree with you on the the need to incorporate more energy, like energy issues into the podcast. And I think it's really interesting in terms of like issues of equity and kind of like thinking how different issues can potentially come in conflict with each other. And I know that, you know, With like, there's a lot of, there are some conflicts that are emerging between like, you know, questions of energy and like communities and like how like energy can inflict on, you know, land use and all those issues of like the energy world and the conservation world. And I think it would really be good to have kind of a conversation on like how to make sure like we can incorporate equity into like energy policies. And I think that's definitely something we can work on uh, for next season and um you know i just want to give a shout out because i think it's the only episode that we didn't give a shout out to but you know lauren and kagi because um you know they really did a great episode there's a lot of conversation ysc about like you know involving communities and environmental policy making conservation i think it's something that's like very like sought for but i think what that did really well is it kind of shows what it really means to incorporate indigenous and local knowledge like on the ground and you know, kind of the necessity of sometimes coming to terms with some uncomfortable realities, especially mm-hmm. as we think of like our relationship to wildlife and like hunting bands. So I think that was really something good. And, you know, another thing is, I think, you know, we're talking about like questions of intersectionality that I think are really were highlighted, especially like, you know, in Enrico Manalo's episode of like the connections between like the environment, race, gender and equity. And, you know, I think that's really important. And I actually, um, I attended a talk last semester on, um, anti-racism in the animal advocacy community and, you know, really brought up issues that a lot of people don't think of how, you know, that's mostly a white space, white dominated space. And Mm -hmm. I remember kind of the person who was leading this talk kept use, was using the term global majority instead of minority, you know? And so I thought that was really insightful. And, um, so yeah. And I think another thing too, is that as students, of this generation, we're really lucky and fortunate to be able to be in spaces where we're able to draw these connections, you know, automatic, you know, in our classes and what we're engaged with and movies, you know, we had the FE Film Festival a few weeks ago that had some really good movies, um, touching on all these themes. And so, you know, at a really young age, we're able to think of that. But a lot of the environmental practitioners of other generations, like they've had to Make the connections between those issues at a much later stage. So Mm -hmm. I think that's why, you know, despite all of the, you know, I guess some of the doom and gloom talk about, you know, climate projections and all of that, I feel like there's some optimism to be had because we're able to learn those lessons at a younger age. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's great that we're bringing all these people in the platform, different generations, different fields. And uh, yeah, really excited for next year.
2: Well, hey, there's just one other for me, you know, I think uh food. I think uh, you know, to I think ha- having, you know, some more conversations on food, security, food insecurity. Uh I think around the world, you know, would be as uh, powerful because we we definitely see what climate change is it's affecting, is people's resources too, you know. Uh, so I, I you know and, and everyone you see this is why I wanted to talk to to the gentleman. See, because you can see we already have one, two. We already five episodes for the next season. We already got it. Nadim already said it, if you know someone, you need to send them to us, okay? Heartwood is here for you, okay? You need to send them to us and we need to have them on here because we love to explore ideas. And I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. These brothers are lifelong learners. And I think in the end, as much as we love the environment, I, I, I'll say this and answer there's any, you know, last thing, I'll, I'll close like this. I love talking about the environment, but what I realize is trees don't talk back. Even though I was trained, I was raised as a child to see that they're my relatives, I'm connected to them, you know, but they don't talk back, you know, or do they? Animals, I don't speak the language of animals, you know. Um, I speak to people who look and sound like me, and, uh, and also those who don't look like me, and those who don't sound like me, and I, I just wanna uh, say here again, everyone, like I said, we demonstrate what, what we hope to see, and what we wanna see, which is people respecting each other, people learning from each other, people being flexible with each other, and then if we can do that better with each other, I really do think the world can reflect that. And I just hope that Heartwood is uh, just one glimpse, you know, a flashlight, a sunlight, a moon, but a, a beam of light that 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 helps people see that there are people who want to do this and that people who do this. And it transcends over into how we manage our resources and leverage our resources and care on each other. So, You know, brilliant re- re- guys, I got to teach you want to say to the people.
0: Just be ready to tune in for more because it's only going to get better.
2: Anything, Tebow?
0: No,
1: I agree. I agree. It's been it's been great. And uh these all seem like great ideas and seems like we'll have a, a lot of brainstorming to do next fall. <laughs> all
2: right. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. You know, thank you both again. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh the, the, the this is not an end. This is a see you soon or see you later because you actually have more to listen to. And, and what I'm fortunate, I can say it like this. You now have four seasons of hardwood to check out. Come and get educated. Come be embraced. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, and then if you want to share something with us, come and share, right? Because uh, we're not all human until we're completely human. So that means we have to be in touch and connect with each other. So that's it. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in, and I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Rashadizzi. We never want to close out our episodes without thanking our sponsors, the Yale School of the Environment, and also Mind Heart for Diversity, LLC. Thank you again, to everyone, for tuning in.